Hello, and welcome to Cross Point Church's podcast. We are here to reveal God in everyday ways that help people like you. Whether you are a Christian or not, we believe that God is not far from any one of us, and He wants to be found. You don't have to look a certain way or have it all together to become one of us. We don't have it all together either. But we do have hope in the one who does. Jesus loved everyone, no matter who they were or what they had done. We want to be just like that. If you want to connect with us, just stay after the message. We'll tell you how. I love Sundays like this, right? I do love working through the scripture. I mean, I think as a church and preaching, like we just want to work through and expositorily, like what scripture says about everything. So we just go through book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But man, I got to tell you, when we fill services like this with these different elements, while proclaiming the story of the Lord, right? His story, right? That we are jumping a part of, jumping in on. And if you have been a believer, that is you, right? You had a story, like we said earlier, and then it intersected with God's story. And really, it was all God's story all along. Everything is God's story. My daughter is memorizing verses for Awana, and she uh, finally this week memorized Genesis 1 1, the beginning of the whole story. In the beginning, well, I almost forgot it right there. I almost said the wrong one. It would have been bad. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And really, that wasn't the start of his story either. Kind of the start of our jumping into his story, right? His story is eternal, everlasting, did not have a beginning, will not have an end. And as followers of Christ, we get to jump in on that. I'm really not going to speak much today or preach much because I want to get to this as, as you do too. I want to see Chris Schroeder be baptized in the name of the Lord. We're going to look at Daniel 3. You can turn there if you want to uh, briefly. You know, when we declare his story, we're making his story triumph over whatever we wanted our stories to be. I'm 35 years old. Right, about twice a year, I kind of check on like our retirement and how it's doing, and I think about like how long we have left and the rest of our life. Right, I still have like 35 years. I have as much of my working life left, like as I've lived. Isn't that crazy? Right, who man? Sometimes I feel old, and most days I feel young, and that is one of those days. Something the Lord is teaching me over and over again, right, and slowly changing my heart, and not slowly from his and slowly from my end, right, is that I want his story and his glory to triumph over mine. When people see Andrew, I don't want them to see my accolades, my talents, my gifts, like the things that I am good at and give me glory because of it. I want them to see him, right? I am a mirror, reflecting to heaven. I want his glory and his accolades and his triumphs to shine through in my life. Uh, so I remember when getting married uh, to Kristen, and um, I was actually a theater major for a couple of years. My sister and I were going to go like storm Hollywood for Jesus, right? It's like prime mission fields. It's going to be amazing. Um, and in that, right, just kind of that Hollywood idea in my mind, when I met Kristen and started meeting her family, right, I had this vision, especially as we're coming up on Thanksgiving, this is perfect timing with family, I had this vision of like who my in-laws and my future family would be someday, right? And I just always envisioned that like Hollywood horror story, 
right? We're just like, we dread it every year. Like, we have to go to your parents again. Like, is your dad going to bring it? Like, I just don't want to do this. Like, your parents are the worst. Like, that is totally what I thought. And then I married into Kristen's family and met her parents, and they're like, the problem is they've actually ruined my parents just a little bit, and like all other families, because they're like the top 0.01% of people. They're unbelievable. And they'll be up here every six weeks. They're going to be honorary members. They visit their grandkids all the time from Indiana. So you'll meet them, Joe and Lori. They're great. Romans 15 through 8, Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And we're going to get to that in just a second. We are adopted by God as children of his, no longer counted as outsiders, And we're not even seen as adopted children. We are co-heirs equal with Christ, right? When we get grafted into that family. There have been a couple of families in this congregation who over the past couple of years have adopted other kids into their family. And if you ask any of those parents, right, but you love your other kids, like just a little little bit more, right? Like, you know, this adopted kid, you love him and everything. They're like, no, not at all. That's not how we feel. They are a part of our family as if we've raised them from day one. They are grafted in equally. And that's what's going to happen here today. The representation of that, right? The symbolic act of baptism, of being grafted into the family of God. I'm going to go to Daniel 3 real fast, kind of the, the end of that verse, right? But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. When you give your life and your story over to God, it is not about you anymore. It's not about your comfort or your plans or your design. It is about matching your heart to the Lord's heart for your life, no matter what that brings, right? And I got to meet with Chris this week and kind of talk to him about that, as we all do when we step into that family, right? God does not promise health. God does not promise worldly prosperity. God does not promise ease and comfort. Even though these are all modern, sometimes interpretations of what we think this says and what we're owed. You know what he promises? That he will never leave us nor forsake us. That when we get to heaven, it's not about what we did or didn't do. It's about because we know Jesus and relied on his blood that we get to be with him forever. So Daniel 3, this is my favorite story in scripture. And as I was preparing this week, I was like, I kind of think I've talked about this already, but we're going to talk about it again because that's what you get to do when it's your favorite. Just bring it up whenever you want. So Daniel 3, right? We know the story, especially if you've been in church for any length of time. So 3 starting in verse 8 to set it up a little bit, right? This is the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, starting in verse 8, right? Actually, I did it. I'm going to backtrack just for a second, right? So Nebuchadnezzar, 
evil king has set up this giant golden statue of himself and is requiring everyone to worship it. That is where we are coming into verse 8. But some of the astrologers, the wise men, went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, lute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. Peter, can you play any of those? You can play like everything. Can you play the zither? I don't even know where you are. Let's do that sometime. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. The Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance. Sounds like he's talking to a kid, right? One more chance, kiddo. One more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, guys, memorize this. This is like, this is is it. They just nail it. Ready? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Amen, Amen, indeed. I lay down my own story, my own accolades for his glory. I take on his story and become a part of it no matter what that means for me, right? My God is able to do infinitely more in anything he wants. But even if he doesn't. Where's Chris? There you are. Chris, as you step into this tank, right? This is not where you are saved. You did that the moment that you accepted Jesus as your savior, buddy. But you're showing the world, come what may, even if he doesn't. I follow his story. Right? And you're, I loved your answer. You're all about that this week. You're like, yeah, bring it on, man. Bring on his story. Right? And I'm, I'm not a fear monger. I don't want to like dive too much into this. But I do think that, right, in America, we've reached the peak of popularity in Christianity. We're on the downward slope of the bell curve. Like, we're all going to face real persecution in our lives, whether it be verbal or emotional or loss of jobs, loss of relationships, because of standing for what this book says. So it's no small thing to step into this tank and show the world, which, as we talked about, is now recorded online forever. To show the world that I stand for Christ, and I believe in him, and I'm part of his story no matter what that means. I'd love to invite you two up 
You three up, that's right. Chris is coming up with his dad, Eric, who is also a deacon. And uh, I'm just going to turn it over to them uh, to go through this baptism. Are you excited? Are you nervous? <laughs> well, the wonderful thing about being part of this church, Chris, is that you're part of a big family. And so we have about 200 people here who are excited about the decision that you've made to trust in Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you a couple questions before I baptize you. And the first question is, can you tell us all who you believe Jesus is? Um, I believe he is the Son of God, and he came to earth to save me from my sins. Excellent. And what does it mean, do you think, to be a Jesus follower? Sometimes we call it a Christian. <clears throat> it means that you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and will follow him no matter what. Like everything just got a whole lot brighter. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, and Chris, why is it that now you want to be here this morning and get baptized? I want to show the world um, that I believe in Jesus Christ. Awesome. Well, that being said, I'm going to go. <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and set down the mic, and I look forward to baptizing you. Awesome. That makes my heart filled with joy. And Eric, for you to get to baptize him. I can't wait for the day when my own kids, well, hopefully they don't like choose the youth pastor or something, right? <laughs> I invite you to stand, invite the band back up. We're going to finish with one more song. I'm going to pray over this baptism first as they set up, and then we'll sing and go out. Lord, I'm so thankful that Chris made this decision to follow you and then in obedience be baptized to declare publicly, I'm not ashamed to bear the gospel of Jesus Christ and proclaim his glory in my life. Lord, he is starting a journey. <laughs> we have no idea where it's going to go, but you do. Give him the trust and the faith to follow you, to develop as a mature believer in you. Let us, as a church family, surround him, not allow him to fall into sin and stray or fall away from you, but to encourage, edify, and build him up as a disciple, Lord, and that he also becomes a disciple maker, that through his faith, he leads others to you, that because of his mirroring of you, Christ, in his life, that others would come to know the Lord. We love you, Lord. Let us sing this last song for your glory. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. I invite you to go with the Lord today. Be his witnesses in the world and tell them your story and make sure you find Chris and welcome him into the family. Love you. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were encouraged, and we'd like to personally invite you to attend one of our services here at Cross Point Church. 
We meet every Sunday at 11,000 West Oklahoma Avenue in the great city of West Dallas. Our people are warm and welcoming, and we're all learning what it means to follow Jesus together. You can learn more about us at crosspointwestdallas.com, where you'll find more episodes of our podcast. You can watch past services on our YouTube channel, and we live stream every Sunday at 10 a.m. Until then, thank you for listening to Crosspoint Church.